Straight out of Ronkonkomo comes Long Island's number one wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. And with me, as always, to my right is... Wait, you're not Jimmy Farrell. I'm not? Who am I? I got Phil DeCessory. Wait, I'm not Monty. Yeah. Why, would we, why would we call this Mo Monty and the Pharaoh at this point? We're going to just have to live off their name for a while. No, we, we got... uh, we're hardly established, but we do thank them very much for... Uh... For allowing us to do us, this. Giving us the keys to the car, Bruce. All right, and if you don't know who this guy to my right is, this is Phil DeCessere, Mr. President, the president of Thursday nights. Woo! So, and if you don't know who I am, this is Bruce. I'm ESO, one of the co-hosts of The 30 on Thursday nights. And the We're, creator of this shirt, I think. Yeah, I did that too. Pretty sweet, man. So, yeah, if you don't know who we are, we, we do a couple of other things on the channel, and uh, Mike asked us to fill in tonight, and we get the honor of interviewing two wrestling legends. We have on the couch tonight, we have Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond, Bad Company, also known as, known as the <laughs> Orient Express. Wow. Hey, guys. How's it going? How's it going, guys? Great to awesome. be here. What an Great honor, man. Here. And what a busy, what a day, huh? You guys are feeling it. You were there early, too. We were there early, and... Uh, so many people to see, just so much activity going on, just a lot of time there. So we thank you for uh, for making it to the couch tonight. No, no problem. And I've actually, the the long day started for us yesterday. But uh, anyways, we did had it really? Thing. Yeah, yeah. So we had another. Uh, so you had two in a row then? Yes, two in a row, and going for three. Awesome, man! Morning. You guys are warriors, absolutely. <laughs> As so, always. Yeah. And before we get started, we have to thank the band who sings the song to the Monty and the Pharaoh show, Wisteria Hall. Wisteria Hall is made up of our own Jimmy Farrell and his partner, Bart Griggs. Bart, man. They sing some amazing songs that I can't remember off the top of my head because <laughs> I don't have a script in front of me. But trust me, they are amazing. You can find them on YouTube and download them there. And you can also find them on Spotify and oh, all, all the, uh, the streaming services. And while you're at it, you might as well try and find the Monty and the Pharaoh show. They're available every Thursday night live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. They are also <laughs> on the Intuitive app. If you don't know what that is, you have to check it out. There's all kinds of documentaries, TV shows, comedies. You name it, it's on there, and it features on Thursday nights Long Island's number one broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. And we spell intuitive, Bruce, I-N, number two, thank you for the graphics, I-T-I-V-E, intuitive. Awesome, awesome. Say it, spell it, say it. So, yeah, if you didn't know, today we had an awesome day. We were down in Long Island for an event called The Big Event, and we got to see some amazing people. Phil, uh, did you have some fun today? It was a fantastic time, man. Awesome. Well, what, awesome. Was, what was the highlight for you? Wow. I, I was amazed at, at, at the lines. I was just uh, amazed at all the people there. It was so weird to see people like Tully Blanchard walk by us. You <laughs> know, well, sitting right by TA, us. <laughs> and, and then have Magnum TA come to the studio today, you know. And uh, we've, got, we've got Bad Company, <coughs> as I remember them. I certainly remember them as Orient Express. But these guys came in at a time, really, when tag teams were flourishing. Yeah, and, that was the hottest time. Yeah. And you guys both have unique starts, both uh, athletic starts. Uh, Paul, you, you actually were a soccer player, right, before all of this. Is that uh, true? Yes, very true. Uh, I was actually uh, grew up in, in well, country doesn't exist anymore. It was Yugoslavia. Yeah. I am actually a uh, Croatian. Fantastic. So there is Croatia these days. But, yeah, so I grew up. I saw, you know, uh, over there, soccer is everything, man. That's yeah. the only thing we had, uh, you know, back then. 
it's just the only thing I knew basically and, and my father had played soccer so it's something that I wanted to do real bad so uh moved to Canada yeah. at uh 14 and yeah. uh finished high school and then uh got you a went, college scholarship you went to school and, in Virginia know, yes Old Dominion Old Dominion Old that's Dominion. where our la our our two guests ago Magnum TA was an Old Dominion guy oh man I think I he was two, I think he's uh he might be either two years before or after you but he was down there on a um, okay I think a wrestling scholarship. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. So how how what, what a small world, okay? Right. Two of our <laughs> guests here that, right? yeah. went to the same university, huh. all athletic scholarships and that sort of thing, yeah, and within a few years sitting on this couch too, within like two years of each other. Yeah. And um, you went on, of course, to play soccer in Canada. No, no, no. Yeah, well, actually, the first year. So well, in Florida, after, right? After Old Dominion, after my sophomore yep. season, uh, I never went to college to actually, unfortunately get an education sorry mom and dad but, <laughs> uh, but it was to play soccer and, and I got an opportunity to play professionally uh, back in the day there was the North American Soccer League yes uh, NASL you know, yeah right? and, and so there was an expansion team the Calgary Boomers so yes it was Canada okay uh, and I got drafted uh, in 1980 yeah uh, woohoo six pick overall in the first round of the 1980 North American Soccer League draft that's incredible man <laughs> with a signing bonus of a whopping Fifteen hundred dollars. Hey man, back then, <laughs> back then you could buy a Hyundai with that, or like, a, or maybe a VCR. For remember, VCRs used to be that expensive. Yeah, they were right. Remember? Yeah. Wow, it's yeah. crazy. But, but yeah, so I, uh, you know, spent a year in, in uh, Canada. The team wound up folding after one season. Wow. And then they they have a dispersal draft, so other teams have a chance to pick you up. And I wound up in Tampa with the Tampa Bay Rowdies for the following uh, three, four seasons. Fantastic. Until then, the league folded in. Yeah. And you were <laughs> a goalkeeper, right? I was. I oh, was. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. My father was a goalkeeper. Uh, I was a goalkeeper. You have a kid My who plays. son, which is yeah. now, he's an assistant soccer coach at a college in uh, Williamsburg, was a goalkeeper as well. So. Wow. Could, could you well, imagine if soccer was, were as big then as it is now? I mean, oh, it's a, yeah. And did, did a headbutt figure in your repertoire? Did you use that because you were headbutting uh, soccer balls? No, as goalkeepers don't use their heads. They don't hands, do that. Okay. So. No headers there. Then. No headers. Oh, good. No, absolutely good. not. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Pat, of course, you made the jump right to, to wrestling from the start. And you, of course, come from a very famous wrestling lineage. Your dad was such a, a pivotal figure in Florida for many years. Am I saying his name right? Duke Kiyomuka. Kiyomuka, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he was a major player in Florida, not just as a wrestler, but I think also working with Eddie Graham, wasn't he? At right. One point. They were partners. Yeah, they were partners. And I think there was a name, Cowboy Luttrell, I remember as yes, well, Cowboy part Luttrell. of it. I remember reading. Uh, yeah, they were the major um, brains, I think, in the, in, in the organization. You were trained by your dad, and you were also trained by someone else who's had a hand in training as a wrestler. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about Hero. Well, I'll tell you what. Was, he was the real deal. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, I mean, between him training Hulk Hogan sure. and, and uh, uh, Brian Blair, when all these greats that were before me, Paul Orndorff, yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, 70s class. Yeah. He's class. the one that taught you what respect was. You know, Did he? Of anything. Yeah. He would break you quickly. Yeah, and <laughs> like, by break, Pat, you don't just mean figuratively break. No. You mean... He would go ahead and break your leg if you weren't behaving right. Sure. Um, Just to teach you what 
really respect his. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't have it, he was going to hurt you. Sure. You know, and, and, and you know, he had broken Hulk's leg. And yeah. I, and I didn't understand that a lot because Hulk wasn't very, I mean, he wasn't disrespectful in any manner at the time. Sure. Uh, I think they, because he was so big, I think they were trying to show everybody what it was to be a real shooter. Absolutely, and you maybe know. try to dissuade these bigger guys who think they think they can just come in off the street and, right. and jump into it. It was a whole know. different era than it is now. I mean, back then it was kayfabe. Yeah. Now you know everybody talks about spots. And yeah. Fans talk about spots. We're yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little, yeah. Does it does it bother you like us us <clears throat> smart fans out there? Does it bother you that wrestling's transitioned to this type of environment? To me. Yeah, it, it really does, and I'll tell you why. It's because when we started this uh, a long time ago, yeah. we even talk uh, Carney just to get around people, right? Yeah. Now people talk Carney to us. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, what the, you know? Um, but uh, it was different, you know. I mean, we were there, and they would find us, or fire us for talking to, you know, our opponents, right? Sure. If we were working with you, yeah, you stay away from us, right? Sure. And no interactions at us. all. You got again. You guys had separate dressing rooms. Absolutely. And, and yeah. Yeah. You left probably separate entrances. Right. Come in and out. And, and I was a referee. Mine. Yeah. You got your start. Yeah. And right. Strikes, and sure. In fact, you know, Magnum TA. Yeah. We all were like together at the time. You know, we sure. we we. Every day traveled together. Yeah. You know, and um, I tell you what, I mean, that guy was going to be the biggest star ever. You saw, you saw that from the beginning then, did oh, you? Oh, God. Yeah. Man, I mean, his looks, the way he worked, everything. A natural charisma, I think, Absolutely. about him, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, I guess... I guess it just, you know, some things happen for a reason, you know, I mean... Yeah. You know, and I don't know why, but uh, I always thought he was going to be, you know, like uh, my boss someday. You sure, know? yeah. But he always took care of me, you know, and I, I really, I haven't seen or talked to him since then. And did you, you didn't get a chance to cross paths today at all, huh? I did today for yeah. the first time. It was amazing. Uh, you know, I was all teared up. <laughs> of course. Trying to stay away from, you know, being all, you know, mushy, you know. Yeah, but, no, man. It's, yeah. it's 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 good. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, yeah, evoking a lot of old memories, you know. Wow. And, uh, I mean, God, You both are survivors, okay? Anyone in this business. And you guys, if we look at teams from the 80s, geez. just to have a team who's still intact is an amazing thing right Absolutely. now. We've lost whole teams over the course of... The generations or at least one member of each team so. right and it's amazing uh it's amazing i'm here or paul's here. <laughs> yeah truly amazing Oof. yeah truly amazing god i mean i what's really amazing is the team that would be here before us too yeah, they're, I mean, yeah. that they were, were all. saying the very same thing yes <laughs> wow so, yeah. you know i mean while we're while we're on that stuff on those type of subjects uh we Paul, we got in a little bit of a discussion on that. And what, what do you guys think about, uh, especially now, nowadays it seems to be cleaned it up, but kind of the darker side of pro wrestling and uh, 
you know, all the all the young deaths and the issues with like the painkillers, the drugs, the somas, you know, uh, and how how did how did that affect you guys coming coming through? Well, I missed the fuck out of that. <laughs> 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 no, honestly, man. I mean, it really. I'm to me. You know, Paul will tell you, man. I mean, I had to go away for a long time to get away from it. Yeah. I mean. They put me in a place where they threw away the key for a year and, sure. you know, made sure, you know, because yeah. I told them, you let me out, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I explained to them, you know, and uh, so they did. They put me away for a year. Uh, unfortunately or fortunately, uh, I guess, you know, both of us, uh, I spent uh, six months in, in, in a uh, rehab facility uh, back in 2019 uh, after nearly 30 years of use and abuse sure uh and it, it, it you know it started with with uh, uh injuries yeah uh you know back then uh we were probably working 22 to 25 days a month yeah nobody cared how hurt you are if you were hurt uh and you didn't want to miss a day because if you did they put somebody else in your spot and pretty soon you'd be out of a job yeah and you know so that one thing led to another and and uh you all of a sudden wind up in a place where you don't want to be and and uh can't handle so yeah, there's sure. only uh, eventually uh, at least for me you know well, i arrived at a place where and both of us realized that we needed help yeah. because a lot of the people uh that we've known and you guys just mentioned yeah. are no longer here because they never got to that place right yeah. never got a chance to get it. you um, know i mean for Paul, it was a different story. He was, you know, he was injured, had, you know, was on the scripts and stuff like that. For me, just all out, balls out, I was just fucking wanted to party all the time. Well, you worked with some teams, and, and again, you, you came up at a time when it was these young, flashy teams. And again, your style is very... It's also the rock and roll era of It's the, the 80s. rock and roll era. You're exactly I right. Mean, you, that, were, you were, yeah. I mean, you know, aside from teams called... The Rock and Roll Express, <laughs> the Midnight Rockers, the Rock and Roll RPMs, all teams that you guys have faced before. It was rock and roll 24-7, man. You, you, know? you know you know what, though? So I'm going to just break in here just for a second. Uh, I think that, I, you know, obviously we've discussed this uh, a lot of times. For, for Patrick, he was, how old were you, like 15 or whatever? He was around guys that worked for his dad before he yeah. got into the business. And what, what were you seeing, right? The, oh you know, the Terry yeah. Funks and all those guys, man, were partying like crazy. And he was, so that's the only thing he knew. Yeah. So, you know, it had nothing to do with the other, t just the way he grew up and what he saw from the business was, you partied your ass off. Yeah, and, worked and hard, you, you, you played know, hard. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you and didn't really have a job if you didn't. Right, right. Yeah, they, well, you know, they, I mean, in a way, I think if you're sober or, you know, straight edge, you're kind of an outcast. Maybe there's not oh, a trust factor Oh, for sure, there, for back then, know? yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess everyone bonded at the bar, so to speak. And well, I mean, our done. biggest break was out of partying, pretty much. Party with Wahoo McDaniels and Ray Stevens. Wa Wahoo could tear it. Well, yeah. <laughs> you bring up two interesting names, Pat. They names were our heroes, early. man. Yeah. Well, ah. well. For many reasons, those two names are very uh, uh, um, <laughs> interesting. The Nasty Boys, who were just in earlier, <laughs> and were very kind to you guys. We know, and, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, mentioned that they were fired in the AWA by those two very guys. <laughs> who, 
last time I checked, weren't choir boys in church, you know? No. no. How you get fired by them, I have no clue. You know what I mean? Yeah. You must have to be pretty nasty to do that. Yeah, they were but, that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but Pat got to see these guys in their heyday, in their infamy, and, and be a part of it, you know? And, and you were uh, a young kid growing up, and very that's what you see, man. What am I going to do? Yeah. I'm going to follow that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Paul watched pro wrestling when he was... Me, I... It was a whole different world. We weren't allowed to watch it. Isn't that interesting? You know, my dad kept us away. You never went down to the armory or anywhere well, to... Well, he took us like a couple times. And yep. I saw Jack and Jerry wrestle... Um, I can't remember who they were wrestling, but... Man, I mean... They had me going. You know what I'm saying? Even though... You know, I thought it was work. My dad would never tell us it's a work. Yeah, he... Yeah. You know, he would kayfabe all the way. I mean, I told him... I came home from school one day and I said, Dad, is that stuff fake like that? I've never been hit so hard in my life. <laughs> I bet. Oh, fast. Yeah, and uh, that's the last time I ever asked, you know. <laughs> and I saw my gym school teacher ask my old man and called my old man, hey, you do that fake stuff still like that? And my old man chopped him. Wow. Knocked him he? on his ass. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we lost a lot of money on that one. <laughs> um, but I mean, it was it was crazy growing up like that, you know. So I was lost yeah. because you know between knowing it's a work, because I was an amateur wrestler. Oh yeah. And um, I I was really lost because I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't know can I say it's a work? You know, to my friends or yeah. You know, You're walking on eggshells about this. And my old man would this. say, I'd kill you if you did. Yeah. You know? And, and he crazy. you to see him suffering in the ring, thinking this is really happening to him. So. And I was a kid, you yeah, know. I mean, that can, yeah. It that, was different. Sure. Very. Damaging, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I could remember uh, just crazy stuff happening back then, you know. And, and your styles evolved over the years. And, of course... Um, you know, being a tag team, I think that gives you uh, uh, just a better structure or ability to uh, practice double teaming moves, high flying, and that sort of thing. Uh, you guys are both very athletic in the ring. Paul had a very, a very athletic look to you, and, and still you guys are uh, still keeping above board here and, and staying in shape. Um, and Pat, the bumps you took oh. <laughs> are... Again, Legend. Pat's sitting on our couch, mind you, today, and he's, if you don't mind me saying, it, has a little bit of a headache from the day's activities, and I have to wonder how much of that isn't just residual from from those yeah. spinning clotheslines or those yeah. backdrops where you do, you know. Um, what, uh, <laughs> I want to ask what possesses you to, to go that extra distance to, uh, and, and... I mean, you made your opponents look amazing. Did, yeah, you made, absolutely, making your opponents look amazing. Now... What would your dad have thought of that, the, the style of that style, do you think, that uh, was, you know, impressed with that? Uh? Well, I, to tell you the truth, you know, it was, uh, it was, wasn't because I was trying to go that extra mile, it was because I knew, I mean, if you look at me, you look at Paul, right, I had no body, I, had, I didn't have the looks Paul had, he was ripped to shreds. You know, I'm a little doughboy walking around, you know, and well, I knew what I had to do. I knew what my job was. And it was unbelievable. I you mean, to, the, to this day, I think these, I think that that work stands, which is really saying something, you know. I've never They're, seen anyone take a faster bump than Yeah. Uh, yeah right? 
you know, because if you think about it, I mean, I mean, Paul looked great, ripped to shreds, good-looking guy. You know, here I am. You know, I'm trying to think. You know, what can I do? What do I bring to this team? You know. Yeah. And so I had to work it hard to where, man. I said I'm gonna make this guy look like God out there. You know. And uh, when we worked with the the Doom, yeah, everybody thought. You're just going to be job boy for me. Well, hell, I'm going to make sure I'm going to be the best job boy I've ever been in my life, you know? And I'm sure that they were, I would assume that they would be appreciative in response oh, they, they to, their, to the They were. And, and we, you know, we, we enjoyed it. That immensely, was another great man. Thing It was do. great. Yeah. And actually, the best uh, times of our lives working with the, them, too. The, 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 the people in the work. office appreciated it, too. You know? Yeah. It was, uh, I think uh, we were. Uh, on tour in, in Canada, and, and Pat Patterson was uh, in Montreal, yeah. and we worked Legion of Doom. And man, uh, the next week we got a, a hefty bonus in our check, which was really, you know, wow. They, they really yeah. did appreciate what we did. But yeah, we, yeah, you, you know, don't often hear of that either. Bumped our know. asses off. Yeah, well, I, again, you worked with great talent in the AWA when you when you were there, and certainly when you were. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Down south, but uh, I'm thinking of teams like Playboy, Buddy Rose, and Doug wow. Summers. Well, well, while we're on that subject, yeah. we actually have a question from uh, from the chat room. Uh, the first lady of wrestling, uh, Maria. Yeah, Maria she Davis. wants. To, she wanted to know uh, who were some of the favorite tag team opponents of you guys. Oh well, th there's one without question, which would be the Rockers. You know, we we, we had those uh, uh, feud well, in AWA. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, also uh, as Orient Express in uh, yeah. WWF. Uh, so, man, I don't know. It was just the, the, the chemistry of, of the four of us was unmatched. And uh, you didn't really have to think what, I mean, it just kind of all fell into place. And, you know, everybody, and even today at the event, you know, some people mention, oh, my God, that uh, 90, 1991 Royal Rumble, that should have you know, should be used as an instructional video. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but so it was just something that we did and we kind of were a little bit ahead of our time. But, you know, yeah, the four of us, man, we could, once we got together, sure. uh, you know, just uh, nothing was uh, so, impossible. So while we're on the subject of the Rockers, so back in uh, your earlier days, back in San Antonio, <coughs> I, I hear you had a tag team partner that would later become known as the, the showstopper there. And I, I did, and I don't know, you know how many people are aware. Uh, when I started, my, the second place I had a job was in San Antonio, uh, Texas All-Star Wrestling, which was known as Southwest Championship Wrestling. Uh, yeah, uh, well, Joe Blanchard yeah. Yeah. owned that and uh, wound up selling it to a guy named Fred Barron. Yeah. And, uh, Shawn Michaels at the time, uh, he was working for uh, Bill Watts in Louisiana, and uh, his home is San Antonio, so they, they brought him back home. Yeah. And, you know, he was 19 years old. Um, there are a few pictures floating around. I mean, it's amazing the difference <laughs> that you see. <laughs> he was actually but a kid back then. Yes, very, like very, very much so. Yeah. A soft, uh, skinny, yep. short hair kid, right? And uh, but they they were looking to to you know put together a a, a babyface tag team and and uh, the way it worked out is uh, Sean and I became the American force. Oh, uh, half of it was Croatian Canadian, and the other half. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> uh, and before Sean came in the picture of American force, you had another partner. I did actually. Uh, a Frank, few. Go ahead. Yeah. Frankie the Thumper Lancaster okay. was one of them. 
And Nick Kaniski was the yes, other. Yes, who was decidedly not an American himself No, either. so it was a Canadian yeah. force, actually, at that time. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's nice that you were both foreign-born, yet uh, you were faces, right? Right. Because, yeah. you know, they seem to make Canadians into heels a lot of the time, and usually True. foreign heels. Yeah, you no, know? no, no, yeah, right. But, um, yeah, yeah. So. But, but, you know, obviously, so I was there. Neither of those guys really worked out uh, for what they were looking for. And, yeah. and by that time, Sean had just returned from, from Louisiana. Yeah. And, and, uh, they was going to give it a try, you know, with him and I, yeah. and actually they, you know, gave us a, a good push there and, and, uh, not, you know, it worked out pretty well. Uh, I think, uh, we'd, uh, at that point, uh, they were trying to get at least, uh, you know, a sort of a somewhat of a big show. So, uh, the uh, sheep herders are, uh. are better known as the bushwhackers. <laughs> they they brought them in. I got to see Luke. Uh, yes. Yes. And and uh, you know we wound up working with those guys sure. as the sheep herders in in San Antonio. Uh, at and, one of the shows. And so. boy, were they hardcore and... They uh, were hardcore, They hardcore. were, so that must have been... As hardcore, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, they were one of the originators. Who else was doing it back then? Maybe Abdullah? Yeah, Brody and Brody. Uh, a few yeah. others like that. Southwest seemed to be... Uh, uh, well, were, at least they were, the old you know, they were booking at the time, and, and they were blood and guts. They so were. That's what Southwest yes. was. It was. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So there's some crazy spots. They used to be on the USA Network for yes, a while, Yes, right, too. before Vince took... Yeah. That away from him, yeah. So e even after this time, we had a little bit of a conversation earlier, which was something that was pretty enlightening about Shawn Michaels. So yeah. even back when you were tagging with him, he didn't exactly want to be a tag team wrestler. No, no he, he made it perfectly clear from day one that we were a tag team, that he was going to be a singles wrestler, right? And so a few months later, uh, his uh, trainer, Jose Lothario, Super got him sock, a job yeah. with, uh, uh, you know, Vince... Vince, Vern Gagne in Minneapolis, and Sean was on his way and, you know, ready to be, hit the big time, and what do you get, Marty? Yeah. <laughs> For the next, which, you know, I wasn't a bad thing. Obviously, he needed that to get to the eventual point where he's at. It's kind but, of crazy uh, how, you, you look at that tag team, I, I don't know about you guys, when I look at them in the beginning, I look at Marty as the more experienced, he really seemed to lead that tag team in the beginning, and then... Yeah. Uh, well, over yeah, that course well, of that eight years, how much that flip flopped. Yeah, well, you know, and that, that's true. I, I think, and, and and you know, from day one, Sean saw the the trophy. He knew what he wanted. Marty, I was on that prize. Marty's trophy was eh, partying. Yeah. <laughs> so the woman of the night. It still is, of, I think. What's, yes, yeah. right. God love you know, him. God yeah. love him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so they definitely did flip around because, like I said, you know, Sean definitely always could see the, what, what he wanted. Yeah, and he had the he, prize. There was nothing was going to stop him yeah. uh, to get that. Yeah. And I guess that leads into uh, getting into the Tennessee territories where I, I guess you picked up that new tag team partner. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, so I, I, uh, on to for a couple I, I, of years. After Sean left uh, Texas for the AWA, I, you know, was. Uh, left by myself and and um, Gary Hart actually had just started booking and, and it just wasn't working out yeah and so uh, he managed to send me to to Tennessee uh, shortly after Sean had left and uh, uh, when I first got there Pat I, I worked as a baby face and uh, Pat still wasn't there uh, shortly after he showed up there from uh, from Crockett's from Carolina and uh, one thing led to another and we wound up you know 
as the tag team, never ever imagining that we'd be sitting here, you know, years and <laughs> 30 years, years later, 35, 40 years later, right? The, and, and and having had the kind of career that we did, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, we finally got put together. Jeff Jarrett had just started wrestling, sure, and and uh, uh, Pat had a heck of a uh, storyline program with Jeff when Jeff first started, and then it, it got me involved in it, turned me heel. Where we, you know, uh, Jerry Jarrett wanted to make Jeff, uh, uh, you know, a, a superhero, so we both yeah. of us couldn't beat him up. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's how we wound up together, and and uh, you know, then eventually uh, the name of Bad Company. But uh, it was kind of a slow process, and obviously, you know, it's going to take time for you to realize, hey. This might be something we could do long term. Sure, sure. And then from there, it was on to <laughs> the so snowier what, white well, north. Well, well, I so well, well, while we're still back there, yeah. so uh, originally the they had side. a. To, tomorrow night we actually have in studio uh, Harvey Whippleman, and uh, Ooh, uh -huh, yeah. So uh, Harvey, I hear that was one of your uh, original better, managers, better known as Downtown Don Bruno. Bruno. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, at, at the time that you know we were there, also. Uh, a young Paul Heyman was there, yeah. and we really wanted Paul Heyman as our manager. You saw something. Well, on Paul we didn't. We didn't get Paul Heyman. We got Downtown Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure why or how. You know, Paul, Paul managed some other guys, obviously, but yeah, I, I'm. You know, we we thought that Paul would have been a much better fit for. Sure. Well, how young would he have been? That was just before. That was just before a a uh, AWA. Yeah, but who am I to know? Like you know, Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jerry, they're Listen, great minds. So yeah, yeah I, I don't think he did too bad with the manager he came in to AWA with, though. I mean, them and Dallas Page, he uh, that was qu quite a mouthpiece for you guys. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and that's what we needed. You know, uh, I've always, you know, I'm was always aware of my shortcomings in this business, and that was. The mic. Yeah. I just didn't have it. Pat knows he doesn't have it. So we needed a mouthpiece. So luckily, Paige had sent in his whatever video uh, to uh, Vin, uh, I keep saying Vince, Vern. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they brought him in. Uh, and it really helped, you know, a great, great mouthpiece. And plus, he, there's another guy that had, you know, a vision, had great ideas right from the beginning, right? The way he dressed and he brought the diamond dolls and it was just made it such a, a bigger thing than what it really was. And that was awesome. You know, I, I read the McFoley book and I made reference to this maybe in another one of the, the broadcasts, but he, um, McFoley was uh, talking to, uh, to Abdul the Butcher. They were in a parking lot down south and they were both down in Atlanta. Paige walked by to get in his car and Abby looked to uh, Cactus and said, Page is going to make it, and and Cactus is why, and Abby said because he lives the gimmick, and uh, he seemed to, he seemed, and again, which is a blessing in many ways, but right. for some it can be a, a tough deal to try to to live up to too. But uh, that's true. That's but, true. But uh, but he did pretty great for himself, and he's he's helped a lot of people along the way too. Right know? now he has right, but and, you yeah. know the the way that he got into the business, and then just you know asking people because like okay so his finisher right the 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 diamond, diamond cutter, cutter right yeah. well god sounds that well he, he tried to figure out what is it that you needed to do to be successful yeah guess we talked to jake roberts of course what's his finish the ddt what's the only thing he ever did the ddt yeah yeah so he came up with the diamond cutter and 
that brings to mind just a good question. I love these spontaneous things. Both those moves were, again, we use the term finisher because it finished everything. You, get, you hit with it, that's it, baby. It's right. one, two, three. Yep. Today's a different story, seemingly. need about oh, 10 of those. That's not even still okay. Well, oh. we're going to have to, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. thoughts on this, on these these infinite number of false finishes and people kicking out of the finishes and that sort of well, thing. Well, that's why now you need a gun. <laughs> right. Is it going to come to that? I don't know. You're right. I, mean, I was waiting for that. Well, you know, shows where they come out with the shotgun. And then it'll and be double barrel. It'll be automatic. And then you know, it's like, well, you know, yeah. right. No, I, mean, I mean, that's just insane. I mean, you know, nothing. Literally, nothing means anything. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and you know, for me, like, okay, so when we started, right, you were still you were selling a whole at times. And, and, you know, and three, it didn't take 10 clotheslines to beat somebody. And now you can get hit with all this stuff and you pop up and well, what does it really all mean? That nothing is just an acrobatic exhibition. Yeah. It doesn't tell the story anymore. There's no more of that wearing down no. to get to that no, finisher. Right. Get to that, right. you know, there's no, well, no lead up. You know, no, no, to be fair, when we were wrestling yeah. and we were doing our things, Paul, I remember Ray Stevens and Wahoo going, Guys, man, you know, what's going to take to you know, beat you guys after that, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, we did the same thing. We did a lot more than we should have. And we maybe, we're, a, maybe we're a little bit guilty for pushing the... Uh, <laughs> Do absolutely. you think so? Yeah, What we were trying to do is... It needed it, though, at that point. Overcompensate. I mean, we're, I, we're yeah. trying to be that next future. Right. Always, right? right? Well, when you're not 300 pounds, you have to, you know, get a little, you know, do a little more. True. I was 175 pounds soaking wet, man. That's I'm amazing. Putting rocks into my pants so That's I get That's amazing, hacked. man. Wow. Right? So, yeah. you know, do we have to go to a, we have to go to a break soon, don't we? So, uh, yeah. Let, well, we have a second, guys. Let's uh, let's cut out for a quick break, and uh, okay. we'll be right back. All right. Sounds good. How long? Manscaped? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says Weed Whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped, what are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? Love what, it. What do you use it for? Necessity. <laughs> what don't I use it for? Put it this way. The only hair <laughs> I have on my entire body is these eyebrows. Yeah. That oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. <laughs> that is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the So pay- Manscaped? It's a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. (laughs) Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we... As men, we try not to admit this, but if you're going to oh, go do I the deed it. on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair, racing stripe, or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush? <laughs> racing well, stripe. Retro bush is out. Yes, thank you. Retro bush is out. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald, 
then I, I start, where is that pedophilia line? That I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Holy yeah. shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is, has, like I said, well manicured, yeah. you yeah. can see both sides. It's not. Like blinking lights on both sides of the plane? I just don't, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that gotcha. as well. Gotcha. Yeah, oh, look but, what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest gotcha. though. Hey. The, ah. The, the older I get, though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, I found as, it. Ha, I found have it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is retro? Just, Absolutely. Retro? You're like whoa. Wow. Yeah, like, I'm like it pops out. Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, try, I muster through. I muster up the you courage to get a trooper. Yeah, he's a trooper. <laughs> gotta give him an yeah, Not all not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I hear you. I, <laughs> listen, I couldn't. I couldn't say. I couldn't say. Well. If you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but with that, Ron we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a dropkick second. A oh, dropkick second. And welcome back to Long Island's number one wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Well, today it's Iso and Phil. Iso and the Philo. <laughs> so, uh, why don't we continue uh, uh, the line of questioning there? So, uh, we're getting into the getting into the uh, more into the out of the AWA days and more into the, the WWF days. Okay. So uh, um, let's talk a little bit about that transition. How did how did that kind of come about? It seemed like the, a lot of people were transitioning over from the AWA at that point, especially well, tag team wise. Yeah, you know the the AWA was on its last legs, and actually it, it had been for uh, probably a couple of years. I think when we moved up there, it already you know most of the the talent that they had, and they had everybody at one time, right? Mm -hmm. Including Hulk Hogan, yeah. Bobby Heenan, yeah. and Jesse DeBody, and Mean Gene Okerlund. Mean Gene, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So everybody, you know, everybody was gone. Uh, and, and so we were fortunate that, that we got an opportunity to go up there and, and take advantage of it, you know, and, and still uh, the Rockers were up there. So that, that sort of uh, transitioned over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, for sure. Uh, but uh, so, you know, we stayed there for as long as we could. And it, it, it was coming to where there was really not much left. They weren't running. I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys are aware, like AWA was one of the best territories. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you could work 15, 16 days a month yeah. and make a great living. And absolutely. And, and this, summers were slow, too, oh, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they didn't yeah, run much right. in the summer. You right. could have a, yeah. but, but, you know, at, at this point where we were there, Man, they, they just—they did the TVs and and you know, uh, uh, one show here, a couple of shows there. It just wasn't. And I actually, at that point, you know, I thought maybe I was gonna get out of the business. I wow. had no idea. And and you know, Pat had left, and you know, the original Orient Express. Yeah. Had not. There was yeah. no Cato in that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Was so I was out of work. Pat yeah. was working with Sato. Yeah, you're um, Yeah. You know, and, and, and then one day, I, you know, out of the blue, I got a call from uh, the, uh, the office uh, at WWF. And yeah, uh, and you wrestled on a few, obviously in a few incarnations, under a mask, right? Um, what do you mean? Did you wrestle under a mask at no. all? 
was always before that. Yeah. No. No. Okay. After he did too. No. After I mean, but so they they called me and and you know just what are you doing? Uh, and uh, I went out uh, just working as Paul Diamond. Yeah. Uh, you know they want to have a look, and uh, so when I started there, I really didn't have a full time gig. And I, what I was seeing was I was kind of like a Barry, and Barry is a great worker. I know, and yeah. I don't mean to, you know, demean or, uh, but uh, he, he, that's that's the kind of position. What I saw, role. that's yeah. what it was going to be, right? Yeah. Uh, and and then uh, shortly, you know, maybe I don't know, a few months, uh, get another call when I was at home, and uh, I guess Sato had, uh, oh yeah, uh, you know, Sato had decided to either go back to Japan or I'm not really sure. And, you know, before that call, there was now there was one time uh, when I was on the card in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and so were the Rockers. Yeah. And um, I somehow asked, I asked if so, Paul could be my partner that night. Yeah. Right. Because I, I said, man, we worked with him before, had great matches. Can we try it, please? You know, and uh, said, OK. And I said, one more thing. Can I take off my boots? <laughs> I was gonna, you know what I was going to ask you because you are barefoot right now. I drive barefooted. I love it. I have these special shoes that are toe shoes that are wonderful too. And uh, you can ask Paul. I can't even walk in shoes. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, man. I mean, I'm the yeah. most clumsy person in the world with shoes on. And you, you know? like your agility goes through the roof as soon as you are barefoot, right? And that night, yeah. I mean, we had a heck, we had a heck of a match. And I think obviously that had something to do with. When Sato left, you yeah, know, that they they gave me a call and they said, yeah, come, you know, you guys are being part of Orient Express, and I yeah, went out there and and you know they put the mask on and uh, yep, but we you know so yeah now that, that was shoes kind of boots off and mask on that's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah right, right. mask yeah. on now you off. obviously like the shoe the, the the boots and the shoes off I and, don't uh, I never understood why they made you wear boots you couldn't yeah they made me wear boots oh. because of outfits we had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's I hate right. that, too. Yeah, so, so we changed, we cha you know, so the, the outfits they had originally were just like the spandex tights. Yeah. And as soon as I was a part of it, we went to the judo pants yeah. and the gi yeah. and uh Which was the uh, quite the takeoff from the old, like, tiger stripes and blue outfits, matching outfits. Well, like you by had the, and, you know, Orient Express. You know, I, well, I know, but yeah. Did you have a preference? Uh... Yes, Bad Company for sure. Yeah. yeah. Did you know Bad Company, obviously the name of you, yes. obviously a song yes. by an artist named Bad Company yes. off of an album named Bad Company. That was our ring music. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Right? The group, the album, the song. The song, all the was my favorite song. All, yeah. Since I was a kid. Right on. Just and our, I said, our someday. Bad, our Bad Company was B-A-double-D. baby. And that's a great intro, too. That was. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Great song. So, so, Paul, later on in your career, it kind of came circled around, and you got to work with Shawn Michaels again later on in the nineties. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about about that? In the I, I yeah, I will. So, um, I had uh, went back to Tennessee back in uh, nineteen ninety seven, and uh, you know just uh, working there, some independent stuff. And this is when Shawn uh, lost his. I, I and and oh, yeah. uh, Shawn, yes. <laughs> But he also had a back injury, and uh, you know, so he, he was not working, and uh, he decided he was going to start a wrestling school. And we had been in touch, uh, and 
he invited me to come out and move to San Antonio and, and uh, you know, uh, help him run that. And actually, you know, for the time that I was there, I was like the, the I don't know, the chief bottle washer, everything that I, you know, for him. Uh, and uh, the, the, the most awesome feeling, right, was that, that first class that, that Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy turned out. Yeah, listen to this class. It. Listen to this class, guys. Brian Danielson. Hmm. Uh, Brian Kendrick, yeah. Lance Cade, yep. and there was a fourth guy, Shooter Schultz. And, and all those four guys, I'm sure the, the fans know who they are, but so uh, WWE came to Austin, Sean had made arrangements for them to have a look at these young guys, and man, they, they put on an a awesome tag team match, and they signed all four of them immediately to a developmental deal. So, I, I mean, I, we're both, Sean and I were standing there watching. Wow. And, I mean, I was, like, started to tear up, man. It was just amazing yeah. uh, that, you know, we, we had. Uh, yeah, all four of your initial students. Gra- yeah, right. A full right. graduating class. Right, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I think we had talked about this before. Those guys, you know, very talented, very determined. You know, uh, Brian and Brian were 18 at the time. Well, so was Lance, actually. You know, 18 at the time just out of high school. They were working at Pizza Hut to make a living so they could afford to stay in San Antonio. And, and you know, they just knew what they wanted. And obviously, yeah. you know, uh, you know, Brian Danielson still going you, you strong. Have any, and, you have any stories of, uh, of their youthful indiscretions there? <laughs> you know what? No, because uh, they were hanging out with the rest of the students and, and we were sort of the trainers. So that... I'm trying to think if there was anything that that um, no, not not really. I think the only thing I can really and it wasn't that big a deal. They they went to like a local show because you know these other guys that were locals in San Antonio. Well, they were jealous because they weren't attending Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. Yeah. And, and so, but our guys like showed up and caused some trouble at a show. But no, those guys not not, not nothing ever really. Uh, uh, nothing bad ever happened. Good boys, good boys. But luckily, you know, and unfortunately, uh, that didn't. The, the school itself uh, didn't last. Primary reason, so we wound up with a half-hour TV show on uh, San Antonio TV, and uh, at the time, we were actually getting better ratings than WCW. Wow. Uh, but, All action, no filler with you guys, I bet. Right, right, right. right. But, you know, the, the problem was that, um, you know, Sean, uh, for some reason, we, we had a difficult time getting a sponsor for the show. So the money that Sean was bringing in uh, on the wrestling school side was going to the TV production. And so it really wasn't feasible to, for him sure. to uh, continue doing that. And, uh, you know, his back had uh, healed. I mean, and, you know, we wound up working an angle there when uh, the Texas uh, Wrestling Alliance was going on where we wind up having a, a, a hardcore match. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of his first step of, he was, you know, obviously, I didn't know at the time, go back to uh, working full-time uh, for Vince. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was, we, we had made T-shirts and stuff. Actually, I, I have 4-4 four, four for history. So it was April 4th of uh, uh, two thousand and or 2000 I think it was yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know had, had that match we for the uh, 
ownership of the company and and you know so yeah, it was pretty cool mm -hmm. and but that was the first match that he had had in a while since he had the back surgery uh and of course then you know realized that i guess he could do it for a little, little longer bit. and went went back to it so yeah so when did when did you guys get back together and start you you know did you when did you stop wrestling together or we we go come together uh, after us yeah oh well uh we stopped uh 94 ish yeah that new age the new the new age era there yeah yeah well we both you know we're done with uh, the with the wwf yeah so when the the orient express thing right so the babyface teams they had at the time was the bushwhackers uh the rockers um heart foundation lod and we we went through all four of those and at that point, there was no babyface teams left for us to keep Orient Express going. So what they kind of split what us up. And, uh, you had five dominant face tag teams that. at that point. God. You know, tag team wrestling has really gotten lost nowadays. <sighs> Is there, well, are there tag teams even? <laughs> oh, I guess there's some. I, I haven't watched much. So. Yeah. So, Pat, where did this bring you in the, the late 90s as he was getting, because at that point, uh, you, uh, Paul, you had one of my least favorite gimmicks that you had, which was uh, the Max Moon gimmick. <laughs> and uh, so uh, as he was getting going into that singles push, where were, where were you heading? Um, I became, after that, I think, after leaving WCW, I became the booker for New Japan. And I uh, started booking guys over there. But I made a couple mistakes. I hired the wrong people. And <laughs> <laughs> promised they would not misbehave. And the first night, one OD'd on the way to the show. Oh, no. And the other one danced all night, and they couldn't get him in the bus. <laughs> 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 and uh, so that didn't last long. And uh, But then I started touring over there uh, by myself, just going back to work. And then um, after that, I, th I think I was put away for a while in a drug rehab, I guess, for yeah. quite a while. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, um, after that, I wrestled here and there. You know, and, and, and while we were off air, you mentioned uh, a little bit about your time in a fledgling Eastern Championship wrestling. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, which evolved into something else entirely. But you guys, uh, once again, uh, I think a young, younger Paul Heyman was, was lurking around too. And, uh. Tell us a little bit about that time down there in Philly, if you would. <laughs> Man, come on. No, by not, you know, it, it was good. It was ECW just getting started, yeah. right? So uh, the the turnout as far as the fans wasn't anything like what it had uh, eventually turned out to be. But Paul was very creative guy and trying to do things that, you know, you wouldn't imagine anybody would try. Uh, <laughs> so we were working a program with Public Enemy. Yeah. And uh, it, it got to a point where uh, he thought of this match where uh, each one of each team would be having a singles match in the ring. The other two guys would be chained in a cage. Right. And there was an explosive there. And 
whoever won would get to unchain his partner. They had 10 minutes to do it. Yep. And the other guy would be <laughs> blown up, I guess. I'm not really sure. So uh, only, in, only in Philadelphia. You know, or, right, or right. Well, Japan, and not even in Philadelphia, yeah, come okay. to find out. Because when we got to the show, uh, you know, Paul informed us that uh, he wasn't able to get a permit to the explosion. I'm sure you were terribly upset about that fall. <laughs> Horribly. Yeah. But so I, I was the guy that, that, you know, was supposed to be uh, chained uh, in the cage. Now to, this was, man, this was the worst thing I've ever experienced in my <laughs> wrestling career. So he had one side of the cage, just the, you know, the wire, right? And yep. I wasn't even chained. Right. Uh, the, since he wasn't able to do an actual explosive, he decided to use a uh, audio recording of okay. an explosion and, and, and a smoke machine. So when it came time for things to explode, the smoke was uh, going to go up. And the people would, uh, they were so stupid, they wouldn't realize that there was an audio recording of an actual explosion. Oh and then, Lord. you know, I had to like walk out of the, oh my God, man. That was, we didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was so flippin' embarrassing. The, the, Lock oh, out your head slow. Yeah, but so yeah. Uh, other than that, you know, yeah, he, you know, he, he came up with a lot of good ideas, and that wasn't one of them. No. <laughs> well, you guys were a part of the beginning of something great down there. We so, were. We were. You know, be yeah. proud for sure. I actually, I went back uh, by myself back in '97. Uh, um, it, you know, it was '97. Uh, yeah, so. It was right after, yes, till 99. That's okay. when I went to San Antonio to work for Sean. But, yeah. So you did that time, time with Paul in 97. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, now they were kicking it. You know, yeah. Were, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, were you in a particular area? Did you work with them, just say, like around Pennsylvania? No, no. They, York, they, did you tour in New me, England? No, yeah, I toured with them. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Brought me in, yeah. So it wasn't ever a really big part of anything, but, right. uh, you know, at least it was a job. Absolutely. Yeah. And a fun job. What a cast of characters! Oh there man, too. it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Damn. Yeah, for sure. Well, getting towards uh, getting towards the end, we got the time for a few more questions, Phil. Really? We're wow. cruising by, huh? So damn. But uh, so uh, what do you what do you got here? Well, let me take a peek. And we have we we always well we try always to look and see uh, what our people in the chat are saying. So okay, yeah, we have Loose Cannon talking about the 1991 Royal Rumble match with the Rockers. It's one of the best matches the WWF had had up until that point. Well, thank you very much, Loose Cannon. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's appreciated. Um, Loose is a big fan. Yeah, the, yeah. Pat Pat did a flying turnaround chop that looked so awesome. <laughs> Appreciate that. I, I could still do it, <clears throat> but uh, I have to be lifted by a truck. And, and uh, Bruce and Phil, are, Bruce and Phil are crushing it. Thank you, thank you, Luce. All right, <laughs> they are, man. So you guys rock. <laughs> and Maria noticed your bare feet, Pat. So the bare feet are on the screen and are now famous. Oh, oh my. man, love it. I'm gonna drive home barefooted tonight. I got a three and a half hour drive. Serious. So, well, first thing I got to do is is thank Mike Monty for and Jimmy Farrell for letting Phil and I come on and, and do this. And special thanks to our guest on the on the couch over here. And as always, we, we normally very have welcome, a Farrow's final question, but Farrow isn't sitting to my right, so I've got to lean on this guy All right. to uh, to come up with a final question. Now, guys, this could be on absolutely anything. Could be sports related. Could, could ask you he, your favorite. 
Pat yeah, animal, he might or... ask you what you ate for dinner last night. Who knows what's going to come out yeah. of his mouth next? Oh, but, uh, Phil, let me turn it over to you. The Phil's final question. Wow. You know, it's got to be something deep and esoteric here. You know, it's, it's one of the questions. It could be a big answer. If you could do it over again, what, what one thing might you change? That's a big question, I know. Mm, the drugs? Well, that's a very good answer. Uh, I would have got I'll better I'll second ones. that. Oh, <laughs> or cheaper, right? Maybe. Right, either way. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe... Uh, that definitely, yeah. you know, it, it, for me, you sure. know, it, it changed my life yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I had mentioned to uh, a few of the guys that I hadn't seen for a while, uh, you know, my, my ex-wife had OD'd back in 2016. I'm sorry. And, you know, no, 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 you know, not even that was enough to stop me. Wow. Because it wasn't going to happen to me. Wow. So. Amazing. Well, Keep the good fight up, man. Yeah. Listen, I, I have to give a hand out to our, to our great guests tonight. Thank you yeah, guys for coming out. Man, man, really appreciate you guys having us. Man. Super talents, man. man thank you guys you rock. We thank love you, you all. Very appreciate it. My second great time on your you. show, and I love you guys. Love thank you. Guys. Thank you. Appreciate so you have been watching a special edition of Monty and the Pharaoh show. For the Phil and Eso show. And Philo show. And Phil, why don't you take us on out of here? Hey, let's get out of here. Later. Peace.